Dear creepy neighbor, we've had three interactions now and damn am I creeped out. The first time we met you complimented me which was sweet but then I saw your eyes roam and you asked me if I have any hot friends. I told you no and then you left which was a relief but that situation left me uneasy. I've seen you since while I'm with my husband and you never do anything weird. But just last week when I was alone for once, you tried to flag me down as I was driving out of the neighborhood. I ignored you. I'm not one to pull over to talk to men that I don't know while I'm alone. But that double take I saw you do when I got closer lets me know that you registered it was me before you tried flagging me down. Again with the uneasy feelings. And now yesterday I'm driving through the neighborhood to go get groceries. I see you again. You're at the front of the neighborhood now so quite a distance from my house and your own. You lock eyes with me and wave. This is fine, this is normal. Now then, coming home from two hours of shopping to see you standing outside my house is not normal. The image is burned through my brain of you just creepily standing in front of my house. Literally, my heart dropped and I audibly said, what the fuck? The second you notice my car coming up the street, you start slowly walking, yeah, real casual, down towards a dead end. When I see you turn around early, I call my dad because I don't want to talk to you and I don't think you'll try anything if I'm on the phone. I literally see you hesitate when you realize I'm on the phone. You slowly walk past my house and pause at the bottom of my driveway. By this point, I'm already freaked out. I'm sitting in my car because fuck trying to get me and my baby inside with this freak hovering around my car. My dad at this point is having his fill of explosive words from me freaking out. Finally, after two minutes of hovering, creepy neighbor, you start walking back towards your own house. But I see you stop a short distance away and look back. And when I eventually get out of my car, I peer over the hill to see you looking at me. You wave, then continue walking to your house. I grab my baby and groceries and run inside. I lock the doors and proceed to have rolling anxiety attacks. I feel uneasy and nauseous. It's the next day and I'm peering out my windows every hour. My husband joked about you might have found me online. Well if you have, maybe stop creeping me the fuck out. No one needs to hover like that and you creeping on residents is not cool. Currently working on getting a security system in place. I never had anything like this happen before. Not sure what to do or if I'm overreacting to the entire situation. I tend to go with my gut, and in these encounters, my gut has been screaming at me. So I'm in my early 20s and female. I moved out on my own for the first time about two years ago. I haven't had much to do with any of my neighbors, and I've always been slightly uneasy to the fact that no one's around here looking out for me. If anything seems off, no one would notice or investigate to make sure I'm alright. Last year, I constantly noticed a guy walking his dog in the grass area behind my home. This isn't unusual to see. It's a common area for residents here. His dog is super cute, and my cat likes to play with him through the glass door out back. They would just chase each other back and forth and put their paws on the glass and such. Real cute stuff. Well, one day, I was outside when his dog came running up to my porch with glee to get his pets and say hi to his kitty friend. This is the first time I actually spoke to this neighbor. We'll call him Mark. So Mark seemed decent enough, and we got along just fine. 
We started hanging out pretty often in a short period of time, mainly because I'm a smoker and he was letting his dog out all the time and it was summer. So we ran into each other quite often and would spend an hour or more after work most days talking. This lasted a couple weeks. I gave him my phone number and was happy to have a friend in my complex. I will say, he was clearly interested in either having a romantic relationship with me or at least being butt buddies. He said this quite a lot. Not butt buddies, but you know what I'm saying. I was very honest with him that I wasn't interested in either, at all, and had to tell him this quite often. Frankly, I was getting rather irritated that this came up several times every time we spoke. He rather quickly was trying to get me to go into his house from the first time we talked until the last. He offered multiple times every time I saw him and blamed it on me being COVID cautious. He quickly got tired of the excuse and invited himself into my home as well, which I also said no. One day, he came out when I was smoking with a bottle of wine and a couple of glasses, saying I had to try this stuff because it was delicious. I instantly noticed that the seal was broken. It was a screw cap bottle, but it didn't seem like anything had been drank. The bottle was filled to the brim, which I also thought was a little odd because usually wine isn't filled to the tippy top like that. So he pours a couple of glasses and doesn't skip a beat on telling me to take a drink. I felt very uncomfortable, but I didn't want him to feel like he was being accused of anything when he was just trying to be a friendly neighbor. After all, he poured himself a glass of this very same stuff, right? Well, my mom raised me better than that, so I totally fake sipped and said it was good. After any sentence either of us said, he would tell me to take another drink. I told him that I don't really drink, so I'm pacing myself, but did say that I noticed that he hadn't drank any and to please go ahead. He didn't reach for his glass right away, but in the middle of speaking, he reached for his cup and knocked it over, spilling the wine into the grass. He brushed it off rather quickly and told me it's my turn to drink now. I said, but you still haven't drank anything. You spilled your drink. Pour yourself another glass. I don't want to drink alone. So he did. He still didn't drink anything. He did tell me a few moments later to drink mine. I told him that he needed to catch up. And we basically kept doing this in circles. He reaches for his glass again and guess what? Spilled it again. Wine is all in the grass now. Then he told me to drink. At this point, I'm done. Too many red flags are screaming at me to get the hell out. I'm honest with him that he seemed real sketchy and that I didn't trust the drink because he is refusing to drink any but is way too eager for me to drink mine. He told me that he was just clumsy and taking it slow because he doesn't drink a lot but he has seen me have friends over taking shots and drinking beer and wine so he knows that I'll be able to handle it better than him. Yet another red flag is raised. So he's been watching me, huh? I think it's important to mention that our complex is huge he used to work here and knows the maintenance crew and doesn't live particularly near me. He is about a half block away from me and cannot see my windows or my yard from where he lives. Also, there's a few different common areas closer to him that he could use for his dog. So I told him, I'm flat out not drinking anything because of how it all seemed. He once again pours himself a glass and then once again spills it. There isn't much left in the bottle at this point. I pour the remaining wine in his glass and tell him to drink with me on the count of three. We raise our glasses. To my amazement, he actually takes a drink and I spill mine into the grass. Oops. He comes out about two nights later while I was smoking and instantly starts complaining to me that 
I wouldn't date him or have sex with him. He doesn't know why all the girls are like this. He starts getting really loud, shouting at me, asking me what the problem with him is and why I won't do these things. I told him that I had been honest with him since I had met him, that I'm not interested in that. And it's not just him. I'm just honestly not interested in that from anyone right now. He still shouts at me and starts complaining about his ex and her dog. Yes, her dog. Then proceeds to tell me that he used to abuse the shit out of that dog and went into full detail about how he wouldn't feed or give it water because it used the bathroom in the house and how he kicked it really hard. I'm horrified at this point, especially considering the whole time he's telling me this, he's playing fetch with his little dog. His dog always seemed scared of him and I had even pointed that out in the past. And he said that his previous owners were abusive, so he was just very scared and distrusting. The dog was always very excited to see me though, and would cuddle up with me and stay by me. So I always thought I was extra special. But with that knowledge, I just think that this poor guy is currently in an abusive household. I was so done with this guy that I just cut him off and said I needed to go into my house because my friends were waiting on me. He has sent me several messages of gibberish when he's outside. He would just blow up my phone with, Hey, hi, Tujib, Nasajibib, Janik, LOL, my name, hi. It would just keep going. He's even texting me telling me that he knows I'm home because he can see me walking around or he sees that my car is in the lot. He would throw his dog's toys on my porch. I think they get my attention to come out because of the cute dog. He would just stand outside my porch for hours. It's all cold and rainy and snowy these days. So it's even creepier. I think in his mind, since I'm a smoker, I'll come out eventually. Silly him though, because I go out front when I see him out there. He said several things to me before the wine fiasco went down that were red flags. But at the time, I figured it might be a cultural or language difference because English was his third language and America was the third country he has lived in. I guess, moral of the story is trust your gut. He's still bothering me. And like I said, we only spoke and hung out for a few weeks of the summer, 2020. My last message from him was last night. He asked me what he had done wrong and if I felt disrespected in any way. I have not spoken to him since he screamed at me for not sleeping with him, sandwiched in with emitting horrible animal abuse. I thought about answering his text with a brutal truth about how twisted and creepy he presented himself as and how uncomfortable he made me feel but I don't want to give him any ideas on how he should improve. Stay smart, folks. Don't drink things that people give you if the seal's broken. He was definitely trying to drug me. Edit. To everyone telling me to move, I appreciate the concern for my safety. I would love to move, since I have become uneasy in my home environment. But moving is expensive and not something I can afford at the moment. I also do have a stun gun, pepper spray, and a handgun. I'm extremely reluctant to ever use a gun on a person, but I do have training on the weapon. I do bring the pepper spray with me every time I go outside now, even if it's just to take out the garbage or pop into my car for a second. When I was around 12 or 13, a new neighbor moved into the house next to mine. Her sons helped her move in and left soon after. I don't believe my mom and I ever got a formal introduction. Her name was Carol. 
She was probably in her mid to late 60s with short gray curly hair and glasses. She looked like your cliche white grandma. Something about Carol immediately gave me the creeps. I never knew what it was though, so I just shrugged it off. One time I was in my backyard when I got a feeling that someone was watching me. I looked over to Carol's house and there she was staring at me from the window. It wasn't like a glance or that she was walking by. No, she was staring. We made eye contact for an uncomfortable amount of time, then I ran inside. For whatever reason, my town decided one weekday morning to repave our street. I still had to get to school and my mom had to get to work. We had our garage door open and we were about to leave when Carol appeared in our driveway. She said, you can't drive on that, the repaved street. My mom said something along the lines of, yeah I know, but he has school and I have work. Carol just stared at us and said again, No, you can't drive on that. She continued to block the car and just stare. Eventually, my mom said something like, Oh yeah, we won't drive on it. And I guess that satisfied Carol, and she went back into her house. Of course, we did drive on it, which thankfully didn't hurt my mom's tires or anything. Carol wasn't our neighbor for too long, maybe a few years, and then she moved out, and I believe out of state. She had a boyfriend from what I can recall, and I remember him sitting in the front yard in his lawn chair with a pocket knife cutting bark off the tree they had. Anyway, she was the odd neighbor to say the least. About two months ago, while talking to my landlord, she asked me a simple question that was, is your downstairs neighbor loud? I honestly didn't think much of it and just said, they play loud music sometimes. After arguments, they tended to blast their music. My family is pretty quiet because we lived in apartments all our life, so we were very shocked to find that we had got a noise complaint. A few days after the noise complaint, our downstairs neighbor comes up and knocks on our door. She then asks us to quiet down and stop the stomping. We were confused because everyone just came home, so we were sitting on the couch talking about our day with the TV off. We pieced together that it was our downstairs neighbor who filed the noise complaint. We did some thinking about what would have triggered her into doing that and I bring up the incident where the landlord asked me that question. We decided to ask the landlord if she filed a complaint against her on our behalf and she admits to doing that. My family has been going through hell for the last two months because of the noise complaint we didn't even want to be filed. Every time she thinks she hears a noise, she bangs on the ceiling loudly with an object while screaming that she has even called the police on us. She still bangs and now we are very concerned because a couple days ago, we woke up to the doorknob broken from someone trying to force her way into the apartment. We also suspect her of being the person that slashed one of the tires on one of our cars. She takes any opportunity to watch us and we frequently catch her looking into our cars. We're stuck in the lease for five more months, so I hope nothing happens before then. We currently plan on filing a police report, but I honestly don't think much will come from it due to the fact that we currently have no proof. My grandma is terrified to stay home alone now and is very hesitant to open the door because we often hear it rattling. I'm a 17 year old male My neighbor has a complicated reputation with my family and I've heard a few stories over the years of interactions with him. 
He's around 70 with a two-story house on a street of otherwise one-story houses. I have anxiety and avoid talking to adults as a kid, so I never directly talk to him. But my mom tells me that he once blew a foghorn at our dogs for barking, reporting my dogs as dangerous just because we had to chase him down the street after he ran off. According to her, he does this quite often around the block. He watches things to make things safer and confronts people about it. I go out to the backyard a few times a day to smoke and usually I don't have any issues with him because we have tall fences and I've never noticed him around. But I've recently seen movement behind the fence and crunching of leaves and yesterday I'm 99% sure that I saw a white robe through the cracks of the wood, which he wears. Both me and my mom thinks he watches me and it creeps me out a lot, but she doesn't seem to think it's much of an issue. I started going out into the shed because I don't feel comfortable anymore in the open. I really think he's a creep. This is my first post. I am 28 years old, but when I was 5 years old, my mom and I lived in this duplex that was off the main road, kind of in a wooded area. We lived on one side, and on the other was a woman and her son. He was studying to be a teacher. My mother had me young, so she was about 25, and this guy was in his early 20s. He would often come by to talk to my mom. My mother said that he would ask a lot of questions about me and asked my mother if it was alright to take me for walks in the woods. My mother always declined. She worked in the operating room at the local hospital and was on call a lot, so most weekends I stayed at my grandma's house. One night while I was at my grandma's house, my mom was home alone, sleeping. She woke up in the middle of the night and said that she doesn't remember if she heard something or felt something in the room, but she woke up. She could see feet wearing socks sticking out from the end of her bed. She grabs the bedside lamp and was about to hit the intruder when the neighbor yelled her name and said his name. He couldn't explain why he was naked and only wearing socks and begged my mother not to tell his mom. My mother, of course, called the cops. She ended up going to court and making a victim impact statement against this guy because she was terrified that he would become a teacher and be around children. She says she's pretty sure that he was there for me that night, and I'm so happy I wasn't there. We ended up moving immediately because she couldn't stay another night in the house. So neighbor who broke into our house wearing only socks, let's not meet and let's also pray that you're nowhere near young children. I recently moved out of home and a couple towns away into a new home with my best friends. There's four of us and I'm the unfortunate soul that works the second shift while the other three work the first shift. So I really only see them during the week while they're sleeping. The first day of unpacking, I looked outside the kitchen window at the house across the street from us. It seemed like a family with a teenage girl. From my view, she looked no more than 16 or 17. When she stepped outside, she looked fairly normal. She had very fair skin and dark hair. I continued unpacking, not thinking anything until I looked back outside. She was sitting there on her porch, on her knees, and her posture was perfectly straight. She had her hair pushed to the front of her face and was sitting there perfectly still. As creepy as it was to see, I still tried to think nothing of it, as I was pretty weird as a kid myself. I hadn't seen anyone outside that house in the few weeks since then until one night I was coming home from work 
The other three in my home park in the driveway spots and I park in the street on days when they have to work so I don't have to move for anyone early in the morning. The house, however, sits on a curved part of the street and our next door neighbor drives a utility truck for work and he parks it on the side of the street as well. So it takes me a while to get my car parked. When I come across the corner, I saw the man, who I assume is the dad of the family across the street. He's standing out in the driveway, staring out into the trees. I thought to myself, it's 11 at night, so what could he possibly be looking at in the trees that couldn't wait until tomorrow? It being summertime, I had my windows down so I could hear talking, but wasn't sure where it was coming from, and no one was outside on the street except me and him, it seemed. He didn't seem to be on the phone, as he was just standing there with his arms crossed, looking straight up. Then I heard it. Loud laughter. Not just laughter. Full-on cackling laughter. It started out of nowhere. It didn't slowly start. It started very suddenly and loudly. Then I realized she was in the tree. The girl from before was in their tree at 11 o'clock at night, full-on Billy laughing on God knows what. I watched the dad walk back to the house, open the door, and look in, still not talking to anyone. But over his shoulder, it looked like the walls were stripped down to their studs. She stopped when he walked away, but as I closed my windows and locked my doors in my car, he walked back to the tree, and she started right back up like she had never stopped. I walked straight up my driveway and into my house and didn't look back. Every night when I pull up now, I'm unsure what else I will see. But all I can say to the neighbors across the street is, let's not officially meet. This happened to me when I was in the third grade, about eight years old. My regular babysitter was ill, so my mom asked one of our neighbors, Brandy, who had kids and babysat a lot of the neighbor's kids, if she could watch me and my brother for a few hours. We were having so much fun at Brandy's house when my mom came to pick us up. I asked if we could stay a little longer and finish Madagascar, which we had just started. She said that was fine, but I was to go straight home after. Like maybe half a block, so not far at all. So the movie finishes. Brandy said I need to get home fast because it was dark out. As I'm walking home, this other neighbor, Dennis, is standing outside in his yard. I had seen Dennis around the neighborhood because his wife is very unforgettable looking. They had a daughter that was maybe about four at the time, so I didn't ever play with her or know her family outside of seeing them around the neighborhood. Dennis starts calling me saying, Hey, what are you doing? Going home to my parents. Do you want to come inside for a little? No, my mom told me to come straight home. I'm sure she won't be mad. No thanks. I have a daughter who would love to play with you. We can make snacks. At this point, I was like red flag abort mission and started booking it home. Then he starts following me. Not quickly, just walking slowly like Michael Myers. Luckily, I made it home and once he saw that I was approaching my house with my porch light on, he backed off. I'd also like to mention that behind our houses is a giant wooded area with paths that led to a nearby lake. So dude could have caught up with me and dragged me into the woods or something. I tried to think like that, but what other motives could he have had, you know? Fast forward until I'm in high school working at a restaurant in town, and I see Dennis and his wife all the time. Turns out they were secret shoppers at our restaurant. 
I don't think you recognize me, thankfully. I used to go on night walks, but I don't anymore because the summer nights seem to bring out the creeps. I was on my way home one night, and this dude was in his backyard leaning on his wall, having a smoke. I thought nothing of it and started to walk past. Just a note, I always have a box cutter in my shoe for protection because my pockets are either fake, non-existent, or too small. I'm a girl. So he called out to me. Hey pretty, come here. Hey beautiful, want to join my pool party? I don't know if he had a pool, but there was definitely no party. Hey cutie, let's have some fun. I walked about a block away from him and fixed my shoe just in case I needed to run, and I pulled out my blade too. He didn't follow me this time. I went on several more walks, walking on the opposite side of the road to go home, but he was never in his backyard again until one night when I was walking home on a late night walk. He was there in his backyard, at the wall, calling out to me, telling me to go to him, and typical creep stuff. I had a feeling that I had to pull out my blade immediately, so I did. Then I heard shoes hit the ground, and I looked back. I saw that he had jumped over his wall and was walking towards me. I was on the other side of the road, so I booked it, taking off running through the apartment complex around my neighborhood. I knew my front door was locked, because I used the back door to go on my night walks. I hopped the wall into my backyard. My back door has a sliding screen door, then a sliding glass door. The glass door can be locked and part of the screen. I tried to open the glass door, but apparently when I was gone, my mom locked it. She knows I go out for walks at night. She doesn't want me in the apartment at all. The instant that I found the glass door locked, I slid the screen and angled against the wall just in enough time. A few seconds later, he rounds the corner and I could kind of see him through the screen if I looked really hard. I see him walk past my hiding spot and back down the street towards his house. I start texting and calling my mom to let me inside. After about an hour or two, when my phone is about to die, she finally unlocks the glass door and opens it because she doesn't see me hiding under the screen. I come out from under and she asks me why I was hiding and I tell her why. And she calls me a bunch of names before telling me I should have just let him kill me. Frustrated at my mom and scared, I text my friend. I tell him what just happened and all the creepy things that have been happening. And he has the audacity to text me back. If you dressed differently or took a different route home, this wouldn't happen. This never happens to me because I'm smarter like that. For the record, I always wear all black. A t-shirt, long sleeve, with pants or leggings. My boyfriend and I decided to move to a bigger city. We needed better jobs, more money, and we honestly thought things would turn out great. We were staying with our friends for a while in an endless search for the proper apartment. After a few weeks, we received a call from a local agency and the lady told us that she thinks she had something for us. The apartment was huge, way bigger than we asked for, but the price was crazy. We immediately take the offer, in no time we're on the floor unpacking our things. We both loved the fact that we had such a big place to ourselves. It wasn't until the next morning when we noticed how strange the building actually was. It was huge, old, and dark. 
I guess we weren't listening to our landlord, telling us about the apartment that much, but the gates are something that we should have noticed right away. There were a total of three gates leading to our apartment, one at the entrance, another one just after you get past the lobby, and the third one starting at our floor. Also, there were about 20 security cameras. My boyfriend jokingly said to me, something creepy happened here. I must say that this is the type of building that security isn't common in, in my country. This was the only one that I saw like this till this day. So I hope you would understand my confusion when the landlady handed us four keys. I was struggling to find a job while my boyfriend started working the late night shifts. His work was maybe an hour long drive from our apartments and I soon got used to staying home alone, which is something I never liked and never will. But he convinced me that there's nothing I should be worried about and that I could check the security cameras anytime I wanted to. It was a Wednesday night. I was preparing some food while watching a movie when the first knocking on the door happened. It was exactly in this order. Doorknob, knocking, doorknob again. My first reaction was to check my phone, expecting to see, open up babe, it's me, message. But that was not the case. I checked the cameras and nothing. The entire building was dark and, and outside of it, there was nothing moving. After a few, who is it? Who's there? I called my boyfriend and we decided if I hear it one more time, I would call the police immediately. Two days later, it happened again. I was alone watching TV when the banging started. This time, he really wanted to get in. He was banging at the door, scratching at it, and I was sure in no time he was going to be in my living room with me. Of course, I was just standing there, frozen, with my phone not even trying to call the police because my eyes were focused on that door and whoever was behind it. When I think about it, the scariest part was that he didn't show signs of stopping. He was mumbling something, enough for me to realize it was a man. My boyfriend immediately came home and the police were there in no time. They went out to question everyone from that building and came back saying, and this is a quote, You two guys are the youngest people here. Everyone is in their 70s or higher. We're pretty sure whoever it was doesn't live here. Of course he was living there, we both knew it, and we were also sure from the beginning that he was from the same floor. But that part about the old people was kind of confusing. Can he be that old and that strong at the same time? Sure he can. All this happens a few more times. By that time, I wasn't even scared anymore and wanted to see the person so badly. I convinced my boyfriend to fake leave for work, but he would stay close enough that I could call him. It worked. We saw an old man just as he was going back after visiting my door and we informed the police. We realized he was probably checking the cameras to see when my boyfriend was leaving and then coming to scare me. The police found out that he had already been in prison a few times, some small robberies, molestation, and that he was living alone. He admitted knocking a few times because my music was too loud, but that was nonsense. A few days later, I received a perfect job offer, and we decided to leave, not only that apartment, but the city as well. Just moved into a new neighborhood, and I'm starting to get really worried. My neighbor, who I don't know at all, comes outside every night in the dark and stares at my house with a creepy look. He doesn't move during the staring session, and it typically lasts for 20 minutes to an hour. I have called the police about the situation, but they're not much help. 
and I don't know how to handle this on my own. One time, I stared back at him, and he just wouldn't budge. I went and knocked on his door one time, and the house was eerie silent, and there was no answer. When I returned to my porch, I turned around. He was just standing there, in the window, looking at me with that creepy stare. I have been here for a few months, and he doesn't miss a single night of doing this. And he was just standing at the edge of my driveway, staring at me. And I said, hello, what are you doing? And he just stood there, and wouldn't budge, didn't say a word. I walked away because I felt like something was about to happen. Literally, as I'm writing this post, he is staring at my house. I live alone, and I'm 45 years old. What do I do? Update. October 25th. I would like to update everyone and give them some more info, since I'm getting a lot of questions, and want to thank everyone in advance. I'm losing a lot of sleep over this, but last night I was actually able to get some sleep, so it's a relief to finally get some answers on what to do next. Hopefully, I can clear up a few things. 1. I don't have any pets. I don't have any floodlights or security, but that's about to change. I'm heading over to buy that stuff today. No, I don't have a firearm, and don't have the money to get one at this moment. I've asked a few people about this guy, and nobody knows anything, so I reached out and tried to get more info. He does have a car in his front yard, but it doesn't look like it's moved in years. I've never seen this guy leave his house unless he comes outside to stare at mine. He looks to be in his early 40s. I've only seen him in the day one time and that's when he was staring at me out his window. He only seems to come out at night. I work during the day, during the week, so I'm unsure if he's outside during that time. The police said he can't get involved unless he steps on my property, which he hasn't done so far. I will be getting an alarm system installed next paycheck. We'll have an extra bill, but we'll be worth it because I'm generally scared. If you guys only knew the way this guy looks at my house, it has honestly freaked me out, but I don't have the option to move. This is a nice neighborhood and I didn't expect to be scared to death. This is like stuff out of a movie and I'm unsure what to do. I don't know where to go for help. I'm scared to approach him because of the stuff that happened so far. Thanks for your time, and hopefully I can find a solution soon. Have you ever met someone, even just as a kid, and you knew, you just knew, they would grow up to be a monster? In our neighborhood, that was TJ and Eric. They were the bad kids, pushing kids off their bikes, assaulting girls, stealing stuff. It was bad enough that even at a young age, my dad looked at them and speculated those boys will spend a majority of their adult lives in prison. Not that that is entirely their fault. When they were both young, they were living with their mom and their stepdad. Their stepdad was an abusive drunk, also a cop. One day, while the stepdad was cleaning his gun, he decided to shoot a stray dog instead. He then shot his wife in the head right in front of the boys. So yes, this fucked them up, but don't feel too bad. One of them testified for the defense. Side note, stepdad only served four years for manslaughter. As they got older, the crimes escalated. What started as pushing kids off their bikes escalated to theft, burglary, breaking car windows, stealing cars. 
They were in and out of juvie and jail. One day, I was standing in my bedroom when I heard a big bang. I looked out my bedroom window and saw the car reversing out of her cul-de-sac. After the cops came, we discovered someone had shot a gun on our street. The bullet had shattered the windshield of a minivan in her cul-de-sac. The bullet was embedded in the car seat of a little girl, a playmate of my little sister. She was not in the car seat at the time, but it was kind of jarring for everyone in the neighborhood. And then, along came Sarah Starling. She was 15, while their boyfriend Jason was 19. Jason and TJ were good friends. Sarah was only 15, but she liked to party, and her mother not only encouraged it, but supplied the booze and the weed to her and her friends, including TJ, including Jason. Jason actually moved into her mother's house, much to the chagrin of Sarah's stepfather, Jerry Rose. Teresa Rose, Sarah's mother, was the puppet master in the events that followed. Teresa approached TJ and Jason. She had a proposition. She was sick of Jerry and his complaints. She had her eyes set on his life insurance. TJ and Jason agreed to murder her husband. In return, she would give him $10,000, Jerry's car, and a trip to Hawaii. The first attempt to kill Jerry Rose was in his garage. When he came home from work, he always entered the home through the garage. They were lying in wait for him. On this particular day, Jerry had eaten something that didn't agree with him. He parked in the driveway and ran through the front door to get to the nearest bathroom for relief. TJ and Jason, upon realizing their mistake, freaked out and immediately left, aborted the mission. There was a third guy that was involved, and he was so spooked he dropped out of the whole mission. A few weeks later, Jason, TJ, and Sarah were all at a friend's house. They all left together, as per the friend's testimony. The story gets hazy after this. The facts are, they parked in the Kingsgate Park, in a neighborhood not far from ours. Sarah was put in a chokehold. Sarah was dragged out of the vehicle. She was stabbed through the throat with enough force that the tip of the knife broke off. She was nearly decapitated, less than a half mile away from her house. She was found the next morning by someone walking their dog. Police closed up the area with tape, and soon enough, Teresa Rose and her faithful husband, Jerry, arrived at the scene, begging for news. TJ also arrived, and started asking the officers what was going on. It wasn't long before the police arrested both Jason and TJ. When they were questioned, both threw the other one under the bus. One thing seemed clear from both perspectives. TJ put her in a chokehold until she lost consciousness. Then he dragged her into the woods. Whether or not he stabbed her, if it was him or Jason, only three people know the truth, and one of them is dead. We were all interviewed by the police. We discovered that our neighbor had seen Sarah coming in and out of TJ's house. TJ and Jason both claimed that Sarah was mad at them for their failed attempt to murder her stepfather. She berated them, supposedly, and that was the trigger. I call bullshit, personally. They just wanted to experience the thrill of murder. Maybe they wanted to practice before murdering Jerry Rose. No one really knows. We can all speculate, but my dad knew from the beginning. Those kids are bad news. Update. 
A girl my sister went to school with ended up being charged as an accomplice. She drove the getaway car for Jason when the shit hit the fan. This all started a couple days ago in my hometown in Alberta, Canada. My mom told me to walk the dog before my dad gets home from work. My dad sometimes gets home late from his job as a police officer. This particular day he was quite a bit later than usual, but I didn't know that so I took the dog for a walk at about 8.20. I usually let my dog lead me on the walk. He is getting on a bit and now knows how far he wants to walk. He pulled me down the path to the river to get a drink. As soon as we got off the paved path to walk the 100 meters to the river, we encountered this woman. I had never seen her before, but I'm not one to judge from the look. So we exchanged some small talk while the dogs do their own thing. It starts off as a normal conversation, consisting of her saying that she had just moved from the city just down the road. Then the conversation went a little different. She asked me what time I got to bed and what time I got up in the morning. I didn't really catch on at that point. I'm a teenager, so I say I go to sleep at about 3 in the morning and get up around 12. She asked, what did I do during that time? I said I like to play video games with the boys. She then asked, where do I live? I gave her a short description and said I was just a few doors down from the path to the river. We said our goodbyes and parted ways. We got down to the river and my dog drank a lot of the water. I was probably standing there for 5 minutes waiting for him to finish. The whole time I was standing there I felt uneasy and when I turned around that woman I had just spoken to was just staring at me from the paved path. It was fairly open around there. I thought maybe she wasn't looking at me and was looking at something on the other side of the river. I start walking towards the trees, which is just a bit of a walk on the stone beach. When I look back, I notice her head is following me. I get to the path and follow the already trampled down path that's right next to the river. It's fairly a long path that takes about 15 to 20 minutes to walk through. The path path is parallel to the beaten grass and mud path that I had been taking. I keep hearing sudden, three-in-a-row footsteps on the paved path. Tap, 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 consistently. It was keeping up with me. I still felt uneasy, like I was being watched, but I kept my composure and just kept walking. I got to the split in the path where you can go back to the path or keep going. I chose to go back up as my turnoff to get to my house was at the top. I'm walking cautiously up the path because we get a few snakes around this area. I look to my left and see that the three dogs that she was carrying were running through the woods and her crouched down in and among the trees. I at this point felt really uncomfortable and decided to speed walk home and kept checking behind me the whole time to make sure I wasn't followed. Cut to the next day. I again was walking my dog, but today I went in a different way so I didn't encounter that woman again. I started walking for about 5 minutes and I get the feeling I had from yesterday. The feeling of uneasiness. I look around and surely enough I spot that woman. She is standing there talking to her dogs. At this point I thought nothing bad because I talked to my dog too. I thought it was just a coincidence so I continued to walk and run into some friends. 
I talked to them for a bit and keep walking. I was still feeling uneasy. When I had stopped talking to my friends, the woman also stopped. And I guess tried to make it seem like she was looking at someone's house that was for sale. And as soon as I started walking, so did she. It's like she was following me. I thought it may stop if I sped up, but she stayed very close behind me no matter what I did. It was about lunchtime at that point, and as a young teenager, I was very hungry. I walked home to make myself a sandwich, but she followed me all the way home. I locked the doors and got my food. Cut to that evening for dinner. It was a really nice day, so we decided to eat outside on the back deck, which faces the backyard that has a path that no one really uses behind the yard fence. We get onto the deck, and out of the corner of my eyes, I see something moving around on that path. I look over and saw that woman walking her dogs. I thought it was creepy. Then she walked past our house over and over and over again, looking up at me each time until she stopped and stared at me for what felt like a lifetime, but was probably only around 10 seconds. Then she walked off. So today, I still feel really uneasy going anywhere near my deck or yard, but I don't have to walk the dogs today, as my dad did it when he got home. But each time I look out my window, I saw her. She always scurries off before I see too much. So to the crazy woman in my neighborhood that I met down by the river, let's not meet again, ever. I'm a new member to this Reddit thing and decided to tell a story about my creepy neighbor that harassed me. So let's get into it. So this all took place five days ago on a Tuesday. I'm 16 and very paranoid about my safety, but after this day, I don't think I can go outside by myself again without some sort of protection. After online school, I took a shower and decided to go outside with my two-year-old nephew So I put on my clothes and shoes and grabbed my nephew's hand and we walked out the door. I live on the bottom floor so there's three more people but one of them just had to be my creepy neighbor. He's tall, African American, skinny, with a beard and looks to be in his late 30s. While walking down in front of my apartment I didn't see his truck anywhere so I had a sigh of relief. A few minutes pass of playing and chasing my nephew when a white Chevrolet pickup pulls up into the complex, stopping yards in front of us and just watching us. I didn't see him drive past us because I was making sure my nephew wasn't running places he wasn't supposed to be and I had also been on FaceTime with one of my best friends. But when I looked up, to my horror, I see him staring back at me, just watching. My body was paralyzed in fear. After snapping back to reality and started to speed walk back to my apartment. In fear, I slowly looked back to see if he was still watching me. And just as I thought, he was. But this time, he put his truck in reverse and started backing up really slowly while still watching me. That's when I held my nephew as tight as I could and ran fast to my apartment. But before I got the door open, I heard tires screeching like he sped away. But I didn't care to look. I ran in my apartment, locking the door behind me, and I told my mom everything. When I told her what just happened, her face went from concerned to pissed off. That's when she told me not to go out by myself again, from now on. I just wondered what could have happened to me if I was outside by myself. I know that this story was very long, but I just wanted to get this story out there 
As a reminder that harassment can happen to anyone at any age, so please be safe, and if not already, invest in pepper spray, a taser, or some kind of self-defense weapon. You never know what people are capable of. This is my first post ever, and I was content with just being a silent lurker, but something happened to me the other night, and I figured I can contribute my own story about how I found out my neighbors are terrorists. I'm sure a lot of you know this as it made rounds in the news, but a few days ago, on October 7th, 2020, there was an FBI raid on a trailer in Michigan. This story takes place the night of the raid around 7.30 p.m. When I came home from work around 6.45, I drove into our neighborhood and turned down the street to our house. All seemed normal as I go inside the house to rouse my sleeping boyfriend and prepare to gather our things to go shopping. It takes me a while to wake him up and we chat for a bit about my day. As we go to leave our house to go shopping, we're continuing a conversation we were having as we step out onto our front porch. I noticed that we were much louder than it was outside and noticed that there were people standing at the end of the road. I stopped mid-sentence and it's then I realized how eerily quiet it is aside from my boyfriend who was still talking unaware that something was off. I quickly tap him on the shoulder and try to draw his attention from locking the door to the people gathering in the street. We both look around and notice police cars at the other end of the street just barely in view. There are two officers speaking to some men besides their large SUV. The SUV was a state car and was parked somewhat sideways so it was blocking the road and had its lights off. I took this as a sign that there was some mild neighborhood scuffle that had occurred and someone called the police. A noteworthy thing but not too uncommon at a mobile home park. We proceed to our car and I commented something irritated that they better move the police car soon as they were blocking the traffic. As we made our way out the driveway, another car turned down the street and headed up the road towards the police car. This gave us the confidence we needed as sheep to follow someone else towards the confrontation. As we slowly crawled up the street in our car, we watched the car in front of us stop and turn out a road that had been left unblocked just in front of the police. We just moved to this area recently and haven't learned the entire ins and outs of every street in the park yet. Unfortunately, the street was a dead end. As we rounded the corner on the dead end street, I caught a glimpse of the police and my irritation immediately melted into confusion and fear when I noticed the large assault rifles they were carrying. It dawned on me as we made our way towards the end of the road that whatever the police were doing, they weren't here because of some small neighborhood fight. I felt my anxiety rising as I started rambling about how they had their guns and why they would have such massive guns outside our house. We turned the car around and as we came back to the police blockade, they slightly motioned for us to go back down towards our house. We did, but we're still eager to leave the neighborhood and also hopefully find out what the hell was going on. We passed our neighbor's house and turned down a different road to try to go around. At this time, we thought it was weird that the cop car had no lights on, but there were heavily armed officers standing around it, but we didn't think that there would be any more. We were wrong. 
As we rounded the street, we were immediately greeted by another police car and two more armed men, this time in full military uniform with lights flashing. I think my jaw dropped to the floor as the men started towards our car. I started freaking out at this point, told my boyfriend to turn around and get the hell out of there. As we turned around, I noticed out the passenger window that there was someone in handcuffs by the side of the house. He was looking right at us, and I felt really sick. When we turned around, we finally found a road that led us out of the park and onto the main road. We got our groceries and recounted what just happened on our trip to go grocery shopping. It took me a full hour to finally stop shaking and process. We thought it was crazy, but assumed it was some kind of high-profile drug raid. We found out the next day when the news broke that there were multiple people arrested in a plot to kidnap the state governor. The raid was probably about 15 to 30 minutes before we left our house and our dumbasses had no idea. The second time we pulled up to the police blockade, it was right outside the house the raid had taken place at. It really made me stop and reconsider everything that happened that night and how suspicious we probably came across. I now have come to terms with the fact that I live down the street from a domestic terrorist. I've made it a point of figuring out multiple routes through our neighborhood because I realized how dangerous that would be if we were in a more immediate emergency. I didn't even want to think about what would have happened if they weren't stopped and how much crazier the altercation could have been down the street. Sorry if this was kind of long, but I wanted to make sure I explained everything clearly. So back in my early 20s, I moved into my first apartment. I quickly got a roommate, and my naive ass was so excited to finally be starting in on adult life. Now, there were all sorts of sketchy things going on in the apartment building. From a friendly drug dealer across the hall, the frequently reported domestic violence situation going on upstairs, the fist fights in the parking lot, and various other things going on. But the one that I'll always remember was the creepy neighbor down the hall. How this particular building was set up was all the apartments formed a square around the parking garage that was on the lower level. In the center of the garage, there were dumpsters so everyone could just throw away their trash from the balcony outside. It should also be noted that everyone's kitchen windows faced out into the middle, so they were right along the walkway. On more than one occasion, creepy neighbor would lean out his kitchen window and watch my roommate and I while we were leaving. We had to walk right past them to get to the stairs, and he would always ask where we were going, giving us creepy compliments, and sometimes coming up with excuses to invite us into his apartment, like saying he ordered too much pizza, or that he had some furniture that he wanted to sell, and we should come look at it. Sometimes, he would just stare intensely and make you want to run past him before he could open up his door or drag you through his window. He also spent a lot of time every day rummaging through the dumpster. Now, I have nothing against dumpster diving. Sometimes you do what you need to survive, but doing it in broad daylight in front of all your neighbors whose trash is in said dumpster is just super creepy. Eventually, he was evicted, but refused to leave. He left a barely legible, all caps, handwritten note on his door saying the landlords did not have permission to enter the apartment and hid whenever they would come around. I remember seeing him dash to the door, grabbing one of the many notices they had left, dashing away again to wherever he spent his days. 
I still don't know how they finally got him out, but I'm pretty sure he continued to search through the dumpsters after that. I got out of there as soon as my lease ended. I hope he got the help he seriously needed, but I'll never forget how scary that guy was to live near. This is mostly my friend's encounter. My best friend and her sister lived down the road from me when we were kids, 13-ish at the time. They were next door neighbors to a normal enough looking family of three, husband, wife, and toddler. We saw a lot more of the husband than we ever did of the wife or child. The husband was actually a bit over friendly and would stare during the summer at girls coming and going to the pool. One day, he tells my best friend's sister something along the lines of, I know this girl your age that's looking for an online pen pal. Here's her username. She befriended the count for a couple days until it became obvious it wasn't the girl she was told it was. He started sending her what she described as gross articles, basically encouraging underage sex and being with someone way older. She showed her dad and he flipped his lid on their neighbor. That was the end of that. We never saw much of him after that until the day he got arrested. Apparently for being in possession of CP. This happened a few years ago and it still creeps me out to think about. I moved out of my mom's house and got my own apartment after moving to the States for the first time. It looked like a predominantly safe neighborhood. I'm into true crime so I'm always overly cautious. Anyway, about a few weeks after I moved in, my apartment on the bottom floor flooded because of the washers in the upstairs apartment had been turned on and no one was there to shut it off. I barely unpacked so I didn't really have anything to catch this water flooding through my ceiling. It was after business hours and the emergency number was just a reroute to the apartment main line that was closed after hours. I was running around knocking on the doors hoping that someone would answer so I could grab a bowl or something to hold the water until I could get a hold of someone in the emergency maintenance. The guy directly across from me finally answered and I frantically explained my situation and asked for a bowl or something. He started to say he didn't have anything until he could literally hear and see the water. He ran back into his place and pulled out a massive plastic storage bin. We rotated on switching out the bins of water until Rainbow showed up to save the day. My living room and kitchen were soaked, but my place was still livable. I told the guy thank you, then was going back until he stopped me and invited me to stay in his place for the night. I told him it wasn't necessary, my place was okay, and he insisted. He claimed he was getting ready to go to work, but he went back into his apartment, grabbed the keys, cleaned off his couch and his bed, and said I could stay there for the night and he'll come in the back door at 3 a.m. He wasn't giving up, so I took the key. Until he left, then I returned his bin and the key and went back to my apartment and avoided this dude like the plague. Red flag one. A couple weeks later, I take out my dog to go potty. I could hear this neighbor's door open and close, so I would try to time it safely to avoid him. Unfortunately, it seemed like he was doing the same to me. As I opened my door, and he happens to be leaving at the same time to try to talk, he stops me and starts talking about my family, if I'm from here, if I have family close. Red flag number two. After about six months of bobbing and weaving this weirdo, I take my dog out before bed to go potty. I would purposely walk around the back in order to avoid walking in front of this guy's apartment window, who now had the blinds open all the time, just to avoid him seeing me. 
I get out, walk around the back, and just have an eerie feeling that someone's watching me. I look behind me, and I see this guy peering around the corner, just staring at me. He notices me notice him, and goes back, and I hear the door close. I start second-guessing if I lock my door. I locked it every time I left. I go back, check my door, and head back out the same way. Take my dog out for 10 minutes, walk home, and I can hear his door and keys as I'm about to approach my door. I hide around the side, waiting him out. I hear his door close, but he doesn't leave. He's just standing there, jiggling his keys. It's cold out and my puppy is freezing. I decide to take my chances and go to my door. As soon as I walk out, he's standing there and says, Oh, sorry about earlier. Thought I saw someone walk by. Keep in mind, I walked in the back purposely to avoid him noticing me. I quickly said okay, went inside my place. It clicked. There's no way he could have known when I took my dog out and came back home unless he was peeping through the peephole and saw me. That was the last straw and red flag flashing in spotlights. I finally emailed management, sending them the complaint and explained everything I just did. Within the next few weeks, the dude moved out without a blink of an eye. I've had many creepy encounters like this, so stay tuned. Just be aware and listen to your gut. I lived in Alberta, and when I first moved there, April 2008, until he moved 2010, we had a neighbor who was the bane of our existence. It all started when I was taking the garbage out to the bin. On my way back, I happened to look up and saw, no word of a lie, nine cameras in this man's backyard. He had one above the back door, one on the railing of the back steps, one on the pole by the back steps, one on a receiver for a satellite, one on the back gate, three on his fence, and one in the upstairs window. Now the amount kind of creeped me out, but what really creeped me out was that five out of the nine cameras were pointed at my backyard. Oh, did I forget to mention, I have three young children. Well, I pointed this out to my husband and he called the landlord right away, who then called the cops and they all went there and told him to remove the cameras that were facing my yard. Then the trouble really started. He killed two of my cats, threw a dead skunk in my backyard, yelled at my kids for playing, and threatened to kill one of the cats in front of my kids, then had the audacity to call the cops on my husband for yelling at him. Not long after, the cops came to our house and put a verbal peace bond on us. I was asleep on the couch due to having a broken arm. I turned off the light and settled in, waiting for the Advil to kick in, when I look out my living room window and who should I see there? My creeper of a neighbor. I screamed and Morgan came running downstairs. By this time, my neighbor had already ran back to his place. He finally moved out in 2010 when he realized that he couldn't get rid of us and shortly after we had a fire in our townhouse and had to move into his old unit. We found out why he had all those cameras. We were moving some stuff downstairs and saw he had built a room. He had a growing operation for marijuana in his basement that no one knew about. I now live on an anchorage and I'm happy not to be there anymore. For the past year and nine months, I've been living alone and nine hours away from home due to my job. I'm not the most social person. 
my gym manager, and a few stray cats aside. I haven't made any friends in the city. I'm generally fine being alone, but after almost two years of solitude and with Ramadan approaching, even I began to feel a bit lonely. So, yesterday afternoon, I was about to get off work. I started to contemplate my dreadful return to an empty flat and thought perhaps it wouldn't be a bad idea to get a flatmate or move in with one. I actually been thinking about this for a few weeks. I got my phone out, quickly found a few ads, and saved some numbers. Once home, I decided to call one I had saved as Meaty Rent. Meaty was apparently the landlord's name. He was renting out the still available room in his two-bedroom flat. He sounded like a decent guy over the phone, and we decided to meet up near a supermarket in a few minutes, as I couldn't figure out the exact location of the flat. Still in my office attire, I head out to meet him, and I was in front of the supermarket five minutes later. Some 15 minutes went by, and there was no sign of him. I called him again to let him know I was there, and he confirmed that he was on his way. Soon afterwards, he showed up and greeted me with what seemed like excessive delight to me. The way you greet someone you actually know and haven't seen in a long while. He proceeded to make small talk and then casually asked me a bunch of stuff I assume any landlord might ask. Like, I'm guessing you're not from town. Are you a student? What do you do? Where are you from? Stuff like that. I felt like he was being a little overbearing, but didn't think much of it. Several awkward responses later, I asked him if we could go see the flat. His smile changed into a frown for the briefest moment before he resumed his exceedingly gleeful attitude and says, yes, of course. I started to walk behind him as we turned a corner. He gestures to an old Renault 19. I had no idea he came by car and I had assumed we were walking to the flat since it was supposed to be close to the supermarket, so I was surprised. I am a ridiculously trusting person, and displeasing people is almost a phobia of mine, but I was hesitant to get in the car. It wasn't out of concern for my safety. I'm just from a conservative society, and as a young woman, it would be really inappropriate to get into a car alone with some random dude I just met. Being a fellow member of said conservative society, I'm sure he knew this as well. He seemed to notice my discomfort at the suggestion, but asked me to get in anyway. Being generally unable to say no, I complied. As he drove, he attempted to make more small talk, but it was super uncomfortable. I had my phone in my hand and got some notification. The screen lit up, just lit up with a small vibration, no sound. It was on silent. I didn't even check it. It seemed to have vexed him greatly. His weirdly upbeat attitude dissolved in a moment, and I was sternly ordered my phone in the back seat. Not knowing how to respond to this, I gave him an incredulous look. Seeing his lack of reaction to my disbelief, I thought maybe I was being rude, so I started to put it in my handbag. But he was adamant I put it in the back seat and repeated his oddly specific command. I'm somewhat alarmed by his unwanted demands at this point and decide to keep my phone in my hand instead. So timidly I replied, no, I'm fine, which wasn't enough to deter him. He brought out his own phone, turned it off, and said to me, see, now you can put yours in the back seat. I essentially ignored him. I didn't know what else to do or say. We had been driving for maybe three minutes, so I asked him if we were near the flat and he said yes. Another two minutes or so went by. 
I'm starting to get really nervous and I ask him again and the same response. Then I ask the woman occupying the other room would mind the visit or not, which was probably a silly question, but I wanted to find out whether she was there, seeing as I wasn't keen on being alone with this guy in a flat. His facial expression morphed into the same inquisitive look he had assumed earlier, and he remained silent for a second before saying that she wouldn't mind. I thought nothing overly suspicious had happened so far, but I was getting overwhelmed by a terrible sense of dread for whatever reason. Something about this man just didn't feel right. The feeling was shortly confirmed when he caressed my hand. I got startled and instinctively flinched away then finally mustered up enough courage to ask him to stop the car. Instead of stopping, he put a firm hand on my thigh and told me to calm down. Further internal panic ensued, but I tried to keep my outward composure and asked him again to stop the car. I was ignored and he kept attempting to touch me. I was absolutely freaked out at this point, thinking I should just jump out of the car because only God knows where this creep is taking me and what might happen to me. This car was from the 80s and you had to lock and unlock the doors manually by pressing and pulling up on the little thing. I look at my door and check, and it's unlocked. We were thankfully coming to an intersection with a stop sign, where he would have to slow down to almost a halt, so I thought this was my chance to get out. I'm still trying to get his hand off of me as the car starts to slow down. Meanwhile, my phone starts vibrating in my hand, and I look at my screen. I was confused and couldn't comprehend what I was looking at but no words can describe the sheer terror that overcame me when I saw the caller's name, Meaty Rent. For a fraction of a second, I was just paralyzed from the chilling realization that this guy was even more of a stranger than I thought. That he had likely realized at some point that I had thought he was someone else, yet decided to pretend he was actually who I thought he was anyway to keep me in his car. The car slowed down considerably when I snapped out of my stupor. I opened the door and bolted out like a rocket. I started running out of sheer fear and shock, but slowed down to walk when I looked back and saw that he didn't come out of the car. He just completely stopped, stayed there for a while, then slowly drove away. I got back to the supermarket to meet the real meaty rent. I had called my gym manager. I wasn't going anywhere alone with anyone after what just happened. We saw the flat which turned out to be nearly in ruin and nothing like the one picture I saw in the ad. So I went home, still terrified, with no prospect of a non-creepy companionship. This just happened yesterday, so I'm still overcome with panic when I think of what this guy might have had in mind. I think it's time for me to seriously learn to say no and generally stop being so dumb. Some background info, me and my roommate, females, late 20s, best friends, just moved into this apartment and yesterday was our one month anniversary of living there. It's in Ontario, a great neighborhood, a little bit touristy, not a bad area. The building is in great shape, but old, and many of the tenants have told us they've lived there for over 20 years. We were assured that the locks were changed before we moved in. I have a key, as does my roomie, the old couple that take care of the building, who are in their 60s, and the general maintenance guy. I was last to leave the apartment around 8am, and I locked the door. My roomie got home around 4.30pm, unlocked the door, changed, 
and left again to run errands. We both got home again around 6 p.m. First thing I did was go to my room and change out of the work clothes, and I noticed my closet looked messy. I had a small box of knickknacks that looked like it had fallen onto the floor of my closet. However, the box was then put back up, and some of the dirty clothes in the basket were inside. It looked like someone had rummaged through my dirty laundry and tossed the clothes out of their way, which probably caused the box full of stuff to fall in the first place. On top of that, brand new clothes I had just purchased, still hung up, but hanging inside the box. Like if someone was quickly sliding clothes on the clothing bar and flipped some into the box. Because I'm very neat and tidy, I knew right away this wasn't right, and I did not do this. So I began to rationalize. Did my roomie do this? No. Why would she do this? She wouldn't do this. If she needed something, she'd ask. Did I do this? Maybe I threw my pants in the closet and it landed on the box. Maybe I did leave stuff on the floor. Oh well, weird. But anyways, cut to about 9.45pm. I'm in my room and all of a sudden I hear my roommate call my name. Loudly. And in a total voice I'd never heard before. I go into her room and she said, I found the gift you left me. I say I don't understand. The present. In my pillow. I look at her from the hall and say I have no idea what she's talking about. I go into her room and on her bed is a dildo. My dildo. I grab it and say, that's mine. Why is it in here? She said, it was in my pillow. You didn't put it there? I tell her it was mixed in with my laundry basket. That's where I leave it to remind me to wash it within a day or so. Now the wheels are turning and things are coming together. Someone must have let themselves into our apartment with a key, went into my room, looked through my dirty laundry, found the sex toy mixed up in there, and put it inside her pillowcase so she'd find it when she went to bed. After being in shock for a few minutes, the reality sunk in and I started to cry. Someone had access to our apartment for at least a month. We decided... A little background information about me. I have PD, panic disorder, for those who didn't know what it was. It's a mental illness that causes extreme anxiety, severe panic attacks, and a slew of problems. I have been suffering from this for over a year now. And while it's getting a little better, it's still very difficult to deal with. Keep this in mind. My husband and I have been married for a little over a year now. The time we were married, unfortunately, I was undergoing medical issues that no doctor could seem to explain. I was having panic attacks all the time, and they were so severe. I would have to be taken to the ER while they literally had to sedate me to calm me down. I was losing weight at a scary rate, becoming sicker and sicker as time went on. Not a month after we got married, I lost my job and was homebound while my husband worked a second shift, which was 4 p.m. to 3 a.m. He would arrive home around 4 a.m., leaving me alone most of the time. My parents and younger brother lived close by, perhaps 10 minutes drive at most. But at the moment, my mother, who was a school teacher, and father, who works in a factory, were unable to watch over me. They called as frequently as they could, but that's all they could do. In May, I was told by my doctors that I was literally on death's door. Unless something happened quick, my family was going to lose me. I was given medicine to help with the panic attacks, also to get me to eat. 
They wanted to hospitalize me, but I refused. My parents decided that when they and my younger brother went to Florida the next month, they were taking me with them. Again, keep in mind, I'm both anxious and extremely sick. Around this time, the real issue began. See, we've never actually met our neighbors personally. My husband lived in the trailer alone for a month before we were married, and he always said that they were kind of odd, but didn't seem to be any concern. However, once I came into the picture, that changed. The person that lived in the trailer before us was actually a cousin of mine, who rented it from another cousin and his wife who lived states away. Nora was a huge druggie and a drug dealer. So people used to get their fixes and drugs in the trailer we now live in. Then, a few months before we moved in, she got in trouble with the law and landed in jail for some time. I guess our neighbors, who according to our landlord, were drug addicts and raging alcoholics as well, thought that perhaps she was back. I'm not quite sure. I suppose this was because from where I was sick and that my husband slept whenever he could, both working odd hours and taking care of me, so they never really actually saw us. They just knew someone was there. They become active at night. During the day, they're predominantly quiet. Every once in a while, they would go do something outside, but for the most part, nothing really happened. It was always after my husband left for work. My car was still there, which should have told them that at least someone was still home. It started off innocently enough, Driving up and down in front of our house, parking in the road directly in front of it. They'd honk their horn, but I'd ignore them. Several times I called my parents asking what to do. They said for the time just to ignore them, because maybe they thought Nora was back. And after some time, they'd get the hint that we were new people, and they would leave me alone. So I did just that, for a time. When they started driving up in my driveway and stopping on my porch... That's when I first called the cops. All I was told is as long as they didn't encroach on my actual property, there's nothing that they could do. They advised me to turn on the lights in my house, signaling that I was home. I couldn't sleep, despite needing to, and I desperately needed sleep. My husband had the weekends off, and as you could guess, no issues during the weekend. It was insane and infuriating. Everyone believed me when I said I was having problems but there was only so much they could do. My father-in-law brought over his shotgun, a 12 gauge, knowing that I was a good shot. He told me to use it if need be. Another background thing is I shot trap for years, and when I was 18, I placed second in districts. I chose not to go to state, but knowing that I was good enough to get second was a proud moment for me. My father-in-law made me promise I would use it if it came to it, so I did. One night, my husband was at work, and I guess my body finally shut off. I fell asleep for once, only to be woken up around 1am with the sound of the neighbor's truck tearing out from behind the trailer. I jumped up, looked outside to see them driving out of our driveway. They started speeding up and down the front of the house. I called the cops again. I also called my mom and dad, and my dad came over because I had a full panic attack. My dad called my husband, who came home immediately. There were tire marks in the grass behind the trailer, but they couldn't necessarily prove it was them, despite me describing their truck down to the dents. My dad told to the cops this had been going on long enough, but again, 
not enough evidence or proof. A week. Just one more week until I could go with my family to Florida. My husband naturally was at work. I was sitting at home, our two cats asleep, rather soundly. I was playing my 3DS with Markiplier on the TV for background noise. The time was around midnight when my cats suddenly woke up and came unglued. They ran to the side door, then to the front door, growling and hissing, their hair standing up on end. They had never behaved this way, so I started to get up to see what it was that they were freaking out about. When I heard it, how are we going to do this? I froze. I heard them. I heard their footsteps as they walked down the front porch. I wasn't sure how many there were, but I knew for a fact there were at least three men outside. My curtains were closed and most of the lights were off, but my TV was on. Surely they could hear Markiplier's erratic volume. Then they got quieter. I heard footsteps on the porch again. I grabbed my phone shakily, swiping until I found my dad's number and called him. I remember breathing hard, feeling a panic attack setting in. Hello? They're here. I remember sobbing. On the porch. Daddy, they want to get in. I'm on my way. Call the cops. I hung up with him, then heard them talking amongst themselves on how they wanted to break in and what they wanted. I ran into the bedroom, grabbed the 12 gauge, opened the chamber to see it fully loaded, and then called the cops. I left the lights off. I decided I was going to have them caught this time. I wasn't going to run them off. The dispatch answered and I told them what was going on. As sick as I was, I managed to hold the shotgun to my shoulder pointed at the door, remembering everything my dad had taught me about shooting while I was a hunter and when I shot in competition. But I was still scared out of my mind. Somehow I kept my panic attack down, but I was still breathing really hard. Calm your breathing, hon. You said they're outside? Yes. I heard one of them say they heard me. Then another one said it wouldn't be a problem. Oh my god. They're coming, sweetie. I promise. I'm armed. Excuse me? I'm armed, I yelled, hoping that they would hear. With what, sweetheart? 12 gauge. They want to hurt me, and I'm not going to let them. She's armed. I heard them tell the police who I suppose were on their way. I heard the word armed from one of the guys outside, then silence. Ma'am. I heard the footsteps of them leaving, then I saw the lights on my dad's truck. My dad's here. I lowered the shotgun and ran outside. My dad and younger brother were running out of the truck. My dad had a judge in his hand, which is a pistol that shoots 12 gauge rounds, while my brother was holding a knife. It's my dad and brother. They are armed too. Okay, what about the men? I don't see them. When the cops get there, disarm yourselves, okay? I thanked the dispatcher for everything. I told my dad and younger brother to disarm, so they put their weapons in the truck while I took the gun inside and sat it on top of the dinner table. My dad told me to get back in the house and for my younger brother to go with me. My dad came inside moments later and hugged me, telling me how brave I had been, shaking, crying, gasping for breath. I listened as he went back outside. I could hear the cops found footprints in an area of the porch where the man tried to break in at one point, but the men had scattered, leaving it difficult for the cops to know exactly where they came from. My dad told them that it was the neighbors 
my landlord actually called the cops and told them that it was more than likely that it was the neighbors as well who had apparently also been giving my cousin who lives up the road a difficult time as well. I remember my dad and younger brother standing outside just as the cops pulled up, yelling as loudly as they could that they would drop them if they ever so much as saw them around me again. Enough is enough, my dad yelled over and over. She is sick. She needs her rest. Leave her the hell alone. I'll drop your ass, I swear to God. And I noticed he was crying. My dad isn't the type of person to do that. My whole life, I've seen him cry maybe a handful of times. My dad had been scared that he wouldn't have got there in time. And maybe, just maybe, I would have hesitated to protect myself. But I had made up my mind. I wasn't going to let them get away with it anymore. That night, my husband came home from work and hugged me so tightly. I thought my lungs would burst. My brother had texted him and told him what was going on, but reassured him that I was okay. Weeks later, I went to Florida. Time went on, and I am still getting better. As for the neighbors, I've never had problems with them again. I'm not sure if it was because of cops actually going to their house, or if it was my dad and younger brother threatening them, or maybe it was just hearing me say I was armed. I don't know. I don't care. They're still there, but I know they won't do anything again. Talk to building managers, the old couple, and while they seemed to want to comfort me because I was an emotional mess, the husband mostly played it down, saying it was probably a joke. And did we give out a copy of the key to anyone? which we never did. I think it was part culture and age that made them downplay it. We did call the cops, and they came within an hour or so. They took all of our info, and we told them the full story, and they had a look around. Honestly, they can't do much, and I figured that at least we would have a paper trail. I definitely mentioned the handy guy as one of the people they should talk to. They're going to follow up with some residents and building staff. I also watched the property manager, a sweet old guy, and the handyman change my locks this morning. If anything seems out of place, it's very clear. It's either the staff or someone who has access to their apartment keys. We're getting a camera that can attach somewhere discreetly, and hopefully it never catches anyone that shouldn't be in our apartment.